Good Tuesday to you. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on to get to on the coaching front in the NBA. You just heard James there with that. I uh, was going to talk about the association in the first hour anyway, off of Joel Embiid's big night and how it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Josh Allen. But anyway, we'll get to all that. We'll get to the Adrian Griffin news. As, uh, details are still forthcoming there. Seems a little strange. Uh, but th- there's about to be perhaps some very big NFL coaching news, which is also going to impact the college ranks that I was going to start with today. The Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers uh, is getting more and more momentum. There's um, more and more uh, reporters now saying that they believe it is getting close to being a, a striking distance situation as both sides are very interested with one another. Uh, John Spanos, the president of football operations, of course, running the show for uh, the Chargers these days. So you always leave the, you know, the Spanos family uh, you know, margin of error in play here. For this not to happen, and oh yeah, could it be another one of these Jim Harbaugh's just trying to be wanted by the NFL just to turn them away? But when you're talking about, I don't know, six to seven million dollars per year difference, it's kind of hard to think that he's going to try to do this again. And at that point, he would be, uh, you know, kind of laughed out of the NFL in terms of the coaching circles moving forward here if he were to do that. And, and also keep in mind, he has a second opportunity with the uh, Falcons lined up as well if this thing doesn't get across the old goal line. So here was uh, Mike Garofolo of NFL Network uh, earlier uh, this afternoon on the situation with Jim Harbaugh and the Los Angeles Chargers. My understanding is that this is an extremely strong offer that they have made to him financially. Uh, they're now in the point where they're di- going to discuss staffing when it comes to general manager and obviously the coaching staff who's going to work alongside Harbaugh as well. So this feels like advancing to the point where if everybody's comfortable with a lot of the principal uh, factors at play, that this team could move on Jim Harbaugh and try to get him under contract here in the near future. That feels like where we are. That feels like Harbaugh is not just toying with the NFL to try to get Michigan to agree to something to jump back to college. Judy, this has felt like Harbaugh has his eyes locked on the NFL, and this could be the move in the near future to Los Angeles, back to California, where he's coached before, where he's played before, where he'd be comfortable. All right, so there you go. And, of course, uh, you know, look, uh, Michigan fans probably want this to be, have a resolution here soon, right? Like, you want to know. I'm, I'm, t- I'm looking at one of them. Absolutely, James, you yeah. want to know, right? Yeah. Right? As I've said from day one with the NFL hiring cycle, this to me is the prize right here. Uh, the Chargers had the best situation because of one simple reason. It's not SoFi Stadium. It's not the lovely weather. Uh, it's the quarterback. It's Justin Herbert. This is the best team with the best quarterback available. They got some other things to work on. It doesn't matter. You you, you have the quarterback. That's where you start. Despite what all these dopes are going to tell you over these next few weeks when it comes to mock drafts about, oh, you got to have, have the roster perfect before you can take a quarterback or get a quarterback and all this other garbage. No, you really want to have the quarterback and then build around it, okay? That's what you actually want to do. And, you know, hey, look, if you can live in the 49ers lifestyle where you can plug and play, you know, a guy, that's awesome. But not everybody can do that. The Chargers have this special talent that they have underachieved with at this point with their previous coaching staff. Jim Harbaugh, for those of you that aren't old enough to remember, because it's been a while since he's been in the NFL, and and I know we have a lot of younger folks out there, uh, was very good in the NFL. The only thing that ended his time in San Francisco was a power struggle with the front office, ownership, etc. And yeah, he ain't for everybody. I get it. Uh, But the Chargers, who have been in the desert for way too long in, in trying to figure out this whole leadership thing, uh, with what they've done, this would be an absolute home run hire if they're able to pull it off. And they've got to do whatever they, they need to do to pull it off. Whatever the zeros have to be, they've got to make it happen. 
Again, a guy who's freshly from a national championship college team. He's got a real good grip on personnel in college, which is really important for your draft room. And secondly, he knows how to build build staffs. knows how to build a team, uh, a great team builder. And this would be a tremendous hire uh, for the Chargers that they pulled off. And, uh, you know, look, for Michigan then to go on with Sharon Moore, I would suspect, right? Do you think that – It has to be. I think, they, I think they've been setting that up for a while, Right, and, and he's done great. I mean, he's, he's done terrific for them. Uh, they've got a lot of good parts coming back, but they're also obviously losing a lot of players um, going forward here. I mean, you look at the domino effect of what the, the Nick Saban retirement did last week. Mm-hmm. All the schools had reached all the way to, like, San Jose State levels. You know what, what, what went on there with all the trickle-down from for all the coaches that were taken out in other places. So, you know, you don't, I think it's just easier if you're Michigan because you have the staff that has done very well in his absence on two occasions this past season and shown what they can do in big games. Uh, you'd be very comfortable doing that uh, coming up, uh, moving forward, and then make it a little bit more of a seamless transition, if you will. You know, especially if this is is going to happen, you know, in the next week or so, or the next few days or so. You're talking about the end of January, not exactly an ideal time to go out and try to find a coach. We just again saw what Alabama went through, as great as their program is and the tradition, et cetera. Uh, you know, it wasn't easy. They weren't just plucking whoever they wanted. They went down the, the old Rolodex list there for a while before they landed on, you know, uh, Kalen DeBoer. And we'll see if that ends up being a good idea or bad idea here in the years to come. But, you know, for, for Harbaugh Michigan side of it, it looks like they've got the plan and they've had it for a while. They've also been pretty realistic, I believe, in regards to, yeah, there's a good chance he could leave. Like they've, they've talked about it. Their AD's talked about it publicly, president. They know it was a reality that this is something that the guy might want to do. He's got a national college championship now. He's been to a Super Bowl. He hasn't won a Super Bowl, but, uh, you know, why not uh, do it? There's already been some reports I saw today. Aaron Wilson, who's been a longtime NFL guy, has worked for a lot of different people, uh, who I think is really good. He has, um, Already had some some reporting about some of the staff that could be brought in. Some guys you might recognize names of. Uh, one of which, of course, was on uh, his staff before, uh, which is Greg Roman, who was the brains behind the Colin Kaepernick, you know, offense, if you will, out in San Francisco. Is could be a potential guy that would be in a Jim Harbaugh staff. So that that's not shocking because obviously Roman's been out of work since being fired by the Ravens a couple, uh, well, actually last offseason at this point. So. That you could see how he could get a staff together probably pretty pretty successfully. I don't know how many guys from Michigan would come over, and you know it always seems like there's some guys from John's staff that follow Jim and mm-hmm. vice versa. Maybe there'll be guys that plug and play, you know, that fill in from those places too if they if they uh, swap out guys. Who knows? But it looks like this thing's going downhill, and you know, props to the Chargers and. Uh, you know, again, for a guy who's very selfishly looking at the Washington situation, I was hopeful that he could be in play there. I don't think that was ever – it was never something in their structure that they were interested in doing for whatever reason. I, and, again, I, to me, you know, I don't get caught up in is he offense, is he defense. Jim Harbaugh is a leader, right? I mean, he's just a leader, period. I don't know. He's Yes, he's a former quarterback, so he's more offensive-oriented. But, boy, he had some badass defenses at Michigan. I mean, he, he seems to be able to coach the entire roster which is what I'm always more interested in than, oh, you have to have an offense guy. Oh, no, you have to have a defense guy. No, you have to have the best head coach because they coach everybody. It's not just a quarterback's job or just, hey, he runs the offense job. But there is you know kind of the way some of these NFL teams have structured these days. They really get hung up on labels and this side of the ball versus that side of the ball. And you know, again, I think Harbaugh just kind of encompasses all of it. 
and smart of the Chargers if they, in fact, get this done, that they've gone down this road quickly and aggressively. It would be a huge hire. And it would be, it would be a, a much better day in that uh, what we perceive to be a weak AFC West offseason, right? When you get yep. this happening. We don't know what Denver's doing still because they don't have a quarterback, right? I mean, they had some some success with Peyton this year, but also you're like, I don't know what they're going to look like next year when the damn quarterback is. You know what the Chiefs are. They're going to be great uh, next season. You don't know what the Raiders are going to look like with Antonio Pierce, but I do know this. They're not a pushover anymore. Uh, you know, for, we saw that. I mean, they were definitely a physically tough team, and you know Jim Harbaugh is not coming in here to have some punk team. So the AFC West, which had been kind of like we were laughing, like, oh, this is just like the AFC East under Belichick. You know, for Andy Reid's, you know, this is how they're making all these runs. No, suddenly the neighborhood's going to get a lot tougher if Jim Harbaugh's joining it. And pretty ballsy by Jim Harbaugh if he's willing to jump into that fire, too. You're willing to go into a division where you know you're going to have to face Patrick Mahomes twice a year. That's not going down south to Atlanta and looking at a situation where you could turn that into a division winner pretty easily. This one, you're going to have to earn your paycheck. So I got to give him props for that if he decides to go that route. So here's the uh, report per league sources. Again, my friend uh, Aaron Wilson in Houston saying offensive coordinator Greg Roman uh, would be there most likely. Defensive coordinator Jesse Minter. Uh, and special teams coordinator Jay Harbaugh, which is Jim's son, uh, would do that as well. Why not? I mean, it's the NFL. You got to have somebody's son on the rod. Oh, on of the course, staff. yeah. I mean, yeah. Come on, <laughs> take some of John's kids too if you if you can. You know, <laughs> just join everybody. But uh, Jesse Minter, obviously, uh, you know, would be coming over from Michigan with him, which would be interesting if uh, that took place. He is currently the defensive coordinator for the Wolverines, so that would that make a lot of sense. And that would be again another you know one of these things. Okay, what else is Michigan losing besides obviously Jim Harbaugh? You know that you could be losing your your uh, defensive coordinator. That's what you could be losing. So fascinated to see uh, how quickly this moves. And now that it's kind of getting out there, these things tend to be sped along but you know again because it is jim harbaugh <laughs> we got to just kind of go all right all right let's let's make sure That's all the true. i's are dotted and the t's are crossed before it's all said and done but would be a very smart hire by the los angeles chargers and again the team that this quick straw poll we think is at best case scenario the fourth team in la like in terms of popularity oh at least yeah and maybe fifth if we want to count usc although this year they weren't but, you know, obviously Dodgers, Lakers, you know, Lakers, Dodgers, have you want to order it? I'd say Dodgers first right now. Yeah, it better. is Dodgers. Dodgers first. Yeah. And then I would say potentially USC in good years, then the Rams. But now I would say, you know, the Rams, then USC at this point, and then LA Galaxy maybe somewhere, and then the Chargers. So maybe it's like six. I think I just nailed six. I don't count. The only team I know they're ahead of is the angels who are really not in la even though they call themselves well LA. and remember there's a lot of fair weather clippers fandom oh yeah in I, for, LA I totally too. forgot about the clippers we can't yeah. we can't forget about that now when the clippers are rolling like they are now yeah then it's all rosy and everybody loves them but once they start losing again people are like i never liked the clippers in the first place yeah no okay <laughs> exactly i hate the clippers all it right, is so, la yeah it is la you never know and, I, and they're also rooting for just good temperatures in the beach all right, 757-687-9494. That's the Ballyhoo's uh, phone line. You can also hit us up via the text line and the same number, 757-687-9494. So that's one big fish potentially uh, being pulled out of the, of the stocked pond this offseason of uh, coaches. What about the guy that's got all those Super Bowl rings? Why does it seem like he may be without a team this upcoming season? Let's examine the Bill Belichick scenarios as we continue here. Scott Jackson Show. Good to be with you here on a Tuesday on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, brought to you by Larry King Law. 
All right, back here on the program, I want to draw your attention to a little area we call the X on social media, or actually they call it, uh, I call it the the athlete formerly known as Twitter, Uh, but it is the X, our daily poll question on uh, ESPN Radio 94.1, brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. Uh, It is uh, very simple. Um, Which quarterback is getting too much blame for their team being eliminated from the playoffs? Uh, I got Dak Prescott on the list. We got uh, Josh Allen. We've got Baker Mayfield or other. Uh, so have at it uh, and let us know. And uh, that is what uh, the question is. And right now, a lot of you think it's Josh Allen. Wow. See, and then there's some of you that don't think Josh Allen gets enough blame. This is so confusing. I'm so conflicted by all this. <laughs> um, <laughs> you and a lot of people, apparently. Yes. Anyway, so there you go. That's uh, the story right now. Josh Allen getting the getting the uh, too much blame votes right now. Sixty four point two percent. Dak at twenty point eight. Baker Mayfield eleven point three, and other at three point eight percent. Brian and Chesapeake says Stefan Diggs the fumble and the deep drop. Uh, talking about uh, some of the things from the Bills debacle the other day to the uh, Chiefs. And again, uh, that is uh, at Jackson Sports on the X and uh, at uh, brought to you by Dominion Floor Coverings. Uh, have at it there um, if you want to. And, and again, Dominion Floor Coverings brings all of our socials, not just the X. They're here for us for the Facebook. Um, what other social media websites do we use? Uh, Instagram. We, Instagram. We use TikTok. No, we don't. MySpace doesn't exist anymore. Um, although, does MySpace exist anymore? Do we know that it's totally out of the I, world? I, I think it's just kind of, I think it's MySpace. different now. MySpace.com. Oh, no, it's, it's gone now. Is it gone? Oh, it's yeah. a Was it, it always it, MySpace.com? It shifted into like a music site for oh, okay. a while, and then okay. I think it just sort of fizzled. This is my cat. MySpace logo I can find on the, on the Twitter. Um, MySpace. Yeah, I think it's gone. I knew that vine was gone oh yeah vine what about that stupid thing threads remember that that was that's still going is it still going going? yes i think i signed up for it for for a week or two everybody did and then i never joined it i threatened to leave x like a big sissy i didn't do it and uh, i'm stuck on the well remember if you delete your threads account it deletes your instagram account too yes well i don't do the instagram um because i'm not a 14 year old girl in high school (laughs) but um No, I know there's a lot of adults that do Instagram, um, not just for fans only, but for other things. Anyway, <laughs> 757-687-9494. If you want to hit us up on the uh, on the old text machine, you can do that, or the uh, Ballyhoo's phone line. All right, before we get this Belichick um, thing again, um, this is, you know, again, the, the story that Harbaugh is close with the, the Chargers uh, is interesting, and I think you know this should speed it along. Either he's going to leave him at the altar, or we're going to find out he's really serious about this. The one guy who has not had a lot of run either, although he's had interviews, is Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. And someone from the seven five seven says, "Imagine Vrabel being left out of the coaching carousel. So get paid this year to golf by the Titans and wait for Mike to get fired in Dallas next year and inevitably take the job instead of going to a bad team like the Commanders or Panthers." That felt personal, um, but yeah, anyway, it did. It did. Hey, man, uh, the Commanders are Panthers. Well, the Panthers would be terrible. The Commanders a lot better situation than the Titans, uh, mm-hmm. I might add. You know? And no offense to um, Brian Callahan, son of Bill, who's apparently about to take that job. But here's what's odd to me about um, the Belichick thing. It's, it's not that odd. I, I think it's explainable. But I think people kind of like to take it, you know, a way to dig at him a little bit. But it's, okay, so why is Bill Belichick, you know, even though it looked like he was the apple of the Falcons' eye, they continue to – name other people that are getting interviewed right like they keep going mm-hmm. over the board like hey we got this guy coming in we got this guy coming in for a second interview uh first interview with this person that person so a couple things number one they're probably not 
really excited about the power structure he wants and, and the age thing. And, you know, this is, is it ageism? Is it just being realistic? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's both. He's not going to be there forever. I mean, how many, he's 71 going on 72, correct? Is that mm-hmm. what it is? 72? Yep. I believe you're, yeah, I believe 71 so, yeah. right now. I think he'll be 72, right? And, you know, how much longer will he coach, number one? And um, he'll be 72 in April, matter of fact. So, you know, are you talking about a three-year window, four-year window? And, like, when it's gone, are you – do you have to elevate one of his people to kind of keep the system in place, kind of what New England has done, but we're going to get a more modernized edition of it with Gerard Mayo? Or do you have have to just tear it down again potentially – and start over somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? I think that's those would be the two things I think that's keeping him back. And the other may be this. <laughs> He's really ran the Patriots into the ground mm-hmm. after Brady left. And maybe that's what it is. But again, I think everybody could see that from afar. They're having have their own narrative of why that happened. And you would at least want to talk to him about it. And maybe the Falcons were having a little bit of reservations about it. They got him in the building. Then they saw, oh gosh, he's not going to work with... Um, He's not going to work with, you know, Rich McKay. We're not getting rid of Rich McKay. They've got some history here. Um, This isn't going to work out like we were hoping it would. So let's look at some other options. Man, if you're Rich McKay, do you really want to try and bring in a guy that might be taking your job too? That's no. that's the other part. There's got to right. be some sort of self-preservation right. that's involved here for, for a guy like Rich McKay, and you can't really blame him for that. And like you said, you're getting... I mean, a max, a max of five years if you hire Belichick. And you think the Falcons are going to be ready in two years, three years to not not just compete for the playoffs, but compete for a championship? I'm not seeing it. I think they'd be in the playoffs next year with the right coach. I mean, literally, they were one game out of the playoffs this year. Now, who's their quarterback? You know, good question. Uh, not a great division. Uh, Buccaneers, you know, we're the best team, but it's certainly a winnable division with the, with the oh, yeah, right leader. you can leader, win the division, sure. With the right leader, uh, which gets you in the playoffs. But yes, I mean, they, they still have to figure out all the other things uh, involved there. I, I just wonder if, again, it was just more of a him and Rich McKay, because I think you know about the bad draft history going into it, right? And you're like, we got to yeah. get you some help here. Here's the people we'd like you to work with. What do you think? But now you've, you're you're in a spot where you have to... You know, you know, if you're if you're going out looking on the outside after the second interview, after they flew him in, if you're already continuing to move along here, I'm thinking, hmm, that seems a little strange, right? Very strange, especially yep. when you bring in somebody like Jim Harbaugh too. So you're not just bringing in these younger guys; you're bringing in some of the big fish too, yep. and chatting with Harbaugh for a second time. So, and could would they dare? Try to leverage Bill? Are there is there maybe a little bit of leveraging of Bill Belichick here, saying, "Look, this is how we want to run things. We want to keep our guys in place. If you want to come coach this team, fine, yeah. but you're going to work with this general manager whether you like it or not." Yeah, I don't. That's that's the thing, and and I don't know if he would again even have gone down that far. You'd think like some of those things, obvious things, would have been discussed ahead of time. You'd think right before you even bring him down there for especially for a second. That here's how we're thinking the structure should work. Are you still interested? Or maybe that's what the second interview was. Here's here's what here's how we see it. And he's like, yeah, peace out. I'm okay. It could be. I, by the way, I love. I had another one of these this weekend, and I, we've talked about this during the season. I we saw another one of these this weekend. Howie Long on Fox, who I who I like Howie, but he did one of these things that that was done a lot earlier this year when it came to Belichick. It's like, hey, you know, well, he grew up in Annapolis, therefore he's got to be the Commanders coach. Like, right? What? Huh? Right. What the hell does that have to do with anything? We went to freaking high school. 
He hadn't lived in Annapolis forever. I mean, yeah, he goes there in the offseason, but why do the commanders care that he goes to Annapolis? They don't play in freaking Annapolis. They're not like the Naval Academy's team. I mean, what the hell is this weird mm-hmm. thing that people be doing? Well, you know, you know, he's from the D.C. Well, that's not really the D.C. area, A. And, and B, by the way, who gives a crap? <laughs> you know, it's just weird. Like, their structure is totally not set up for Bill Belichick. If you're Adam Peters, you're not hiring Bill Belichick. Mm-mm. You're not even talking to him at this point. So, anyway, I, I don't know why people continue to, like, think just because somebody lives somewhere once in their lives, that means they're absolutely going there. But, hey, whatever, man. Whatever. Um, but yeah, there, there, I don't think there is a surprise team. I think the surprise would be he's working at Fox next year or he's working at CPS or he's on NBC with Tony Dungy. I don't know. That would be the surprise for Bill Belichick next year. That Not not like you know another team because I think we've seen everybody shown their cards at this point and it, it seems like there's some, some teams that are slow playing it because they're waiting for that honey hole of coaches in Detroit and in, in Baltimore to be available. Uh, before they really uh, pounce on somebody here, I think Bill's just going to open up a little stand outside of Annapolis, sell you know cutoffs maybe. He, maybe he could sell, sell some quet- sweatshirts and possibly he saw what it did for Kyle Uzcheck's wife, so he's thinking maybe he can <laughs> figure something out. Because like, Kyle Uzcheck's wife, she's like now like going to be in like Fashion Week with exactly, all the things, that, yeah. all the pubs she's getting for all the things that she's been able to do. So anyway, the the wait is on for the Harbaugh thing, and then once that happens, you know, it'll be fascinating to see what else. Uh, who's the next one is and again Brian Callahan to the Titans the newest thing my my th- interest in the Brian Callahan part of the thing to the Titans is does that mean Bill Callahan who is a terrific maybe the best offensive line coach in the NFL who's been with the Browns and that would be tough on the Browns if he goes with his son mm-hmm. which would be kind of cool if he did and he's a guy who has been a head coach he gets, you know was not great but they did go to a Super Bowl he took John Gruden's team to the Super Bowl when John Gruden's took Tony Dungy's team to the Super Bowl. You know the story. Anyway, uh, one quick note from Adam Schefter. Um, it looks like the Raiders are going to hire former Chargers GM Tom Telesco, who was fired, what, weeks ago, right? After that mm-hmm. debacle against the Raiders. So he they got him fired, and now they're going to hire him. How do you like that? <laughs> that's usually it's how it works, cool, right? It? Yeah. Like, we got you fired, but we got a job for you. That's actually quite – that's very kind of the Raiders. Ron Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm right. holding that one in. Yeah, I, I see that. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. All right, what do you th- make of all this coaching stuff? Do you have any other theories on why Belichick may be without a team? Um, have at it. Do you think it's more about the age, more about the issues with the personnel, uh, about the structure, or are, are teams maybe not as impressed with all those rings after all? Um, give us your thoughts. 757-687-9494. Ballyhoo's phone line uh, or hit us up via the text line that way as well. All right, coming up, we'll dive into what was a huge night in the NBA from the process and how uh, it got me to thinking about Josh Allen. Yeah, we'll explain next year. Scott Jackson, Joe Priority on Sports Radio. 94.1 brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. James Witham, Sky Your Sports Center. All right, welcome back. Big night last night for uh, Joel Embiid, the man who the, uh, well, he nicknamed himself the process as Philadelphia was going through it many years ago. A big game uh, and a win, most importantly, as he goes for a Sixers record. Now we got to be very careful with our we got to be very careful with our wording here. Yep, uh, because it's not a Philadelphia record because that would have been the great Wilt Chamberlain, who had 100 with the Philadelphia Warriors. But last night, Joel Embiid had 70, which is a 76ers record. 
in a 133-123 win over the Spurs and um, Mr. Victor Wembiyama, who um, <laughs> sometimes when he's like, I don't know, like seven, eight feet away from the basket and he touches the rim, like just with his finger roll, it, it kind of freaks me out. Like it, yeah. he almost looks like Inspector Gadget or one of those cartoons where the guy's arm extends. Anyway, Embiid last night, and you're like, well, you know, he's a great three-point shooter for a guy his size. I'm sure he hit, you know, six or seven, maybe even ten, like, I don't know, Carl Anthony Towns did last night. No, he actually only hit – he only took two threes the entire night. He did have 21 points in free throw line, uh, but made 24 field goals out of 41 shots. It was like pop a shot, um, and had set, he had 18 rebounds as well to go along with his 70 in the win. And, you know, Joel Embiid – I was thinking about it because we saw him earlier this year when we were at the down in Charlotte. You and I went to the game against the Hornets, and he had a 50 game, and he probably could have had 70. Oh, he definitely could have. If he wanted to yeah. play the fourth quarter, or it really, really didn't play much of the second quarter either, come to think of it, like the first part of the second quarter he played. But anyway, he could have named his point total that night, too. And we saw him shoot a lot of threes that night, too. He was showing it all off. But last night was more of a, uh, a paint night, as it should be, because he could just push Wembyama around. And they had no answers for him. He also has a very good mid-range game, as you know. I mean, as they like to say, he's a three-level scorer. <laughs> he's a three-level scorer. And it was beautiful to watch. I mean, the highlights are ridiculous. And you go to the old shot chart. I mean, what a night to shoot. 58% from the floor, almost 59%, and have 70 freaking points. But he is one of these guys, you know, regular season MVP. And somebody had this goofy debate the other day with Gilbert Arenas involved in it, which I'm for anything that Gilbert's involved with. Well, of course. Which is like, would you rather be the regular season MVP or finals MVP? And of course, Gilbert fell for the trap and said a regular season MVP. And everybody's crushing him for saying it. But I, I do sort of understand what he said. Me, usually, if you are a regular season MVP, you're an all, you know, you've had a great year, okay? Yep. And you're probably one of the best players in the league. And usually that lasts for a while. For Gilbert, it didn't, unfortunately, because of his knee injury. But point being is, you know, there have been some random, you know, players that have gotten NBA Finals MVPs that have been on good teams, that have been role players, but whatever. You'd always think, you would like to think all players want to win championships, though. And I think that's what, you know, rubs some folks the wrong oh, way. Of course, of course. But in Embiid's case, he's had, you know, these amazing regular seasons. And the Sixers, as we all know, did not have not been able to get past that Second round and get past the semifinals to get to a conference finals. And this is why Doc Rivers is no longer there. And this is why everybody rides in bead, much like we do quarterbacks in the NFL. And this is what we do with NBA stars. Like, well, what have you done in the playoffs? Now, I will say this in terms of the NBA versus NFL quarterbacks, the NBA star has a hell of a lot more control over the game than a quarterback with 10 other guys in the field. Very true. In three phases of a football game. And this isn't to, like, you know, take guys off the hook who, who don't perform well in big moments, who have shrinkage or what have you. But my point is, is it is, you know, if you are the best player in the NBA, usually if your organization's worth a crap, that's going to equal something because you're going to get people around them and people to play with them, play off of them, and make your teammates better, and you're going to win some things of significance at some point. But indeed, I love watching the guy play. I make no apologies about that. I don't. I know what his playoff record is. That's fine, but I enjoy watching him play. He's he's a lot of fun, and you know, is he more skilled than Jokic? I mean, they're both really skilled. He makes it look a little bit more effortless than Jokic does. That's true. Jokic just has the dad bod. 
<laughs> you know, he just doesn't look like if you saw Jokic out and didn't see a ball in his hand, you would never suspect he's an NBA. No, player. not in a million years. Even though he's a big guy, right? Like you, you could be like a farmer or so. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He'd be a bouncer at a club. I, I don't know. But he doesn't necessarily strike you as a professional athlete sometimes, you know. Again, at some point, you'd like to see those arms have some definition to them. But anyway, but he's a great player. I mean, they're both freaks. I mean, guys that size, the, the footwork, the passing ability. I mean, I think Jokic is a better passer probably than Joel, although Joel's a good passer too. Uh, and, but he's got a better team around him. I don't think that's changed this year. You know, now that this the Bucks thing's going on, I mean, they were still the second team in the East. I mean, the Sixers are, you know, the third team right now in the mm-hmm. East. And, you know, they're still going to have a hard time getting past Boston. Maybe maybe they can get past Milwaukee. We'll see. But it, you know, would be ironic as if the Bucks go out and grab themselves, you know, Doc Rivers, which is the one of the rumors right now, because he is available. You know, you could do it right around right now, you know. That would be very interesting. Yeah, seriously. I mean, if they went and got Doc Rivers, I mean, I don't know how much he likes retirement or, or cares about retirement. But it would, I would imagine he could get paid pretty well to do that. He's doing TV now, too, right? I mean, he's got a lot of things going on. Yeah, and you'd think that Doc probably doesn't love how things ended in Philly. I don't think that that's how he really wanted to go out. So does he feel now maybe a little bit compelled to jump back in because he's got something to prove? He feels like he's got something right. to prove now. So you go into Milwaukee and you write that ship. And, and especially if you can do that by going through Philadelphia, then maybe that puts a little bit more of the shine back on you whereas the the narrative went back to up oh, here we go again with doc can't get it done even with a talented team still can't get it done just like he was doing in boston and and everywhere else he's been so i i think doc is a very intriguing candidate for that job yeah he is and i, I don't know if he immediately fixes them or not apparently you know when i first saw this story i gotta be honest i, I went to places like Oh no! This is oh we both did something yep. messy off the court. Like there's something that else is going to come out. What happened? What is what is going on here? But no, it, I reached out a couple of NBA people and I just watched Wojnarowski's Woj bombs uh, report on the NBA TV or the NBA show here on ESPN during the break. And now they're 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 just the two biggest players in the team didn't like him and didn't like how he went about things. Talking about Lillard and, and Giannis and. Um, that was enough for the organization to decide. Okay, it's time to, to make a decision. We did hear, wasn't it back in the during the in season tournament? There was some shade thrown his way at uh, Adrian Griffin's way by the players. Yeah. So, kind of early in the year. I mean, who knew an in season tournament could be such a such a thing? Apparently, that's had more ripples than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my boy Nick uh, Pope Joyce gave me a hard time for saying Jokic is six eleven. Of course, he looks like he plays basketball. Yeah, but I'm talking about you know, like I don't know. Do you look like you've been in the weight room every once in a while? You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying if he could hustle some dudes, oh, he would hustle on, some, on dudes. some on some. I courts. could dress like we could do like one of those. Um, those like undercover video things that take him like out to like a public court and he, people look at him and be like, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah, come on. There'd be some guys that would laugh at him if they didn't know who he was. You put him in like disguise. Take a couple liters yeah. of goat's milk out yeah. of his gym bag. Take him to the Y, you know what I'm saying? Say, he's my friend. He's, uh, you know, he plays a little ball. He's a bouncer at the local club <laughs> in his free time. You know, he just took his nap, <laughs> slept till about one. We're just gonna play a little pickup ball before we gotta go to work later. <laughs> people would never know. No. Not in a million years. I mean, Embiid looks like, you know, and Embiid supposedly had like, 
eat like the worst diet ever for a long time. And he's like finally getting serious about his nutrition and stuff. And he, he looks better uh, than he always did. But he never looked flabby out of shape like Jokic. And yet, and again, Jokic balls out. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him. But they're both fun to watch. I mean, you know, you, you know and I, I think if you had Jokic on the Nuggets, or excuse me, and beat in the Nuggets and vice versa, I think they would be in the same spots they're in. I don't, I don't, yeah, probably. I don't see that changing as much, but maybe I'm crazy. It's possible. Been called worse. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. But again, the, uh, the big breaking news, the Bucks who are <laughs> – I thought they were in a losing skit. Like, I assume they, like, lost eight in a row or something. They've won their last two games. <laughs> Fired Adrian Griffin today. Because apparently he's not well-liked by the Stars. was rubbing him the wrong way. Uh, anyway, so that's the change there and the big news of the day with uh, shocking NBA news. And we're still waiting for more of these coaching things to come down to the NFL. We'll get to, man, it's almost like a soap opera. And, you know, like there really was a soap opera, a nighttime soap opera called Dallas on television, ironically. And that's what the stuff of the Cowboys reminds me of a little bit. So we'll get to that at the uh, top of the 4 o'clock hour. we get to football at 4. Got a little bit more, uh, another NBA piece of item to get to from today. And uh, again, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. Text line, got a couple of people weighing in on the Belichick stuff. We'll get to those on the other side as well. Uh, Scott Jackson, your priority on a sports radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, uh, 4 o'clock, we're getting some football at 4. There's a very interesting family feud situation with the Cowboys we've got to uh, unpack. Um, hey, Tom Williamsburg's got an idea for the Bucks. What about Ron Rivera? You know, he's uh, he's kind of a defensive specialist. That's, a, that's not a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh Ross says, on Coach Belichick, all of the above that we discussed um, back in the second segment, which is power, Six hit rate on the picks and of course age all play in a factor all of the above the yeah. old no old number d all of the above was it remember when they told you when you took sats to go see if you were unsure you just go ahead and fill and see yep didn't do me much good no me neither <laughs> although i did see somebody legitimately once just do the whole c c c c right. thing down the page yeah. which i thought was an interesting interesting gamble I uh, got one earlier from the 757 says it's crazy to me that 95% of America is rooting for Lamar Jackson or Brock Purdy this weekend. Never thought I'd say that, but nobody wants a Taylor Swift Super Bowl and nobody wants a Bounty Gate Super Bowl. <laughs> Be careful with the whole nobody thing. I there's don't know. quite a few people that would like a Taylor Swift Super Bowl. One of them sitting in the NFL headquarters. Yeah. Again, if we want to play the, hey, what does the NFL game want? Did you see, by the way? The officiating crew that was selected this week that's headed by a guy that apparently is very pro-Kansas City. Uh-huh, I saw. Shocker. Second straight week that's happened. So all you hater Kansas City people out there would be excited to hear that. So anyway. And then there's the whole logo thing that the NFL apparently is undefeated on. If a logo looks like your team, um, then you're good to go. So you, you got to look at that, too. And uh, That is bizarre. That is we. I, I don't really... I mean, somebody didn't think, wow, this something doesn't look right here. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of odd to me. Kind of odd to me. Um, so, yeah, the the NFL, Sean Smith, will serve as the lead official in the championship game. And this, again, is a guy who has uh, been in the league since 2015. 
and he's worked uh, one Chiefs games earlier this year. He's the lead refs in the Chiefs lost, though, to the Philadelphia Eagles. However, a lot of NFL fans are mad because uh, they believe that um, many suggest that this was a move from Mahomes because uh, they are 5-2 and two with Sean Smith in the Mahomes era. But again, the most recent one, they didn't win. Well, and apparently Sean Smith likes to throw flags on the home team. Yeah. That, that's one of the things about him is he, he, he flags the home team quite a bit more. See, that's weird to me. Because um, you would think you wouldn't want to do that. Fear of food poisoning. I don't know. Getting out of the field <laughs> safely. <laughs> that it just seems true. weird to me. You know, I, I wouldn't want to mess with those kind of things. Maybe he's a classic heel. You go wrestling yeah. style. He just, likes yeah. to, he just likes to hear the booze. No doubt. No doubt. Oh, man. I'm not, no question about it. Um, oh, John Presto reminds me of something on the corrections department uh, front. So yesterday, and <laughs> what we missed, we were talking about cicadas. And I totally blew the Roman numerals thing. It was supposed to be uh, brood 19, uh, XIX is X-I-X, 19. Yeah, and I think I said 29 like a dope. Anyway, and the other type was 13 that was coming out. So there's two types coming out at the same time if you missed the story. And if you're unaware of what cicadas are, you're about to find out this uh-huh. time. And it's gross. They are gross. I mean, you just just be ready for it. The crunchy sound of the cicadas getting hit in the head by the damn things, and they're flying around. They're just all trying to partner up, you know, have some fun. But, you, you know, they don't care who's in the way. Your windshield, your, you know, again, whatever you're doing, just be ready for it. I used to hate it when I'd mow the grass as a kid. You bump a tree or something or a bush, and they'd all come flying at you and swarm you. It's so scary. And they're and they're ten times worse than like the Midwest area too. So imagine yeah. how bad it is here, and then think about yeah. what it's like. It's a good point. Over there, it's it's insane. It was pretty awful in '86 or '87. I was in high school. I remember the first time I remember cicadas. That was pretty horrific. So anyway, yeah, just be ready for that this summer. No, nothing to be afraid of. It's not like killer bees are coming. I mean, it's nothing this like is not that. A, this is not a Hitchcock movie. Well, the Hornets. Remember, it was a few years ago, there was killer hornet discussion. The murder hornets, murder yeah. Murder hornets, murder hornets. Whatever happened to those? I, I think that they're still kind of around, but okay. not. But more, mostly like West Coast, like Washington State, West Coast. stuff like that. All right. Well, before the news of Adrian Griffin came out today, which is the big NBA story, there was a uh, trade, like, yeah, I might say it's a big deal, uh, but the Hornets um, sending Terry Rozier to the Heat for Kyle Lowry in a pick. And Terry Rozier, you know, Celtic fans can vouch for this guy's career. Uh, Lowry's 37. His better days are, are clearly behind him. Mm-hmm. And the Hornets are going to flip him. I mean, they're 10 and 31. They're just trying to be in the lottery. They're, they're a mess. The, the Heat will save $15.4 million in luxury tax and also create a $6.4 million uh, trade exception as well. And, oh, yeah, get a guy that's probably going to help them out in addition to that. Miami's six in the East right now. Rozier's just 29. I feel like he was older than that, maybe because you remember him early in his career. I don't know. And the NBA will certainly age you. But He's bounced around a little bit, too. So it's, that's, yeah. that's part of it, I think. He is having his best career year right now, 23 points a game. I don't think he'll have to do that in Miami. But this is what the, the Heat do. Pat Riley, man, sneaky sucker, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have any assets. They're caps, like whatever. Like, what are they going to do? They couldn't possibly be good. And here you go, and you steal, you know, Terry Rozier from the, from the, you know, the Hornets for nothing for a guy you wanted to get, move on from anyway, and you create cap space. This is what Pat. This is what great organ. This is why I get more excited when you talk about builds with these organizations beyond the head coaches. That like who's in charge? Who's running it? The president, right? Like who's the GM? I mean, Pat Riley. In the case of the Heat, just does really smart stuff. Now, look, 
will they win an NBA title this year? Probably not. But are they going to be a pain in the ass for somebody in the Eastern Conference? Absolutely. That's just their MO, isn't it? That's what it they is. do. They, they exist to be a giant pain in the ass so, in the NBA. Rozier's actually been with the Hornets five years now. It Hard doesn't seem like that long. So from Boston for four, there for five. And again, you know, he came in the league, obviously young like everybody does. Uh, you know, out of Louisville, was a first rounder, middle of the first round with Boston. In that 15 draft, he was 16th overall. And uh, now in year five with the Hornets, you know, having a career year and now heading over to the Miami Heat. Oof. We got to see him play as well when we were in Charlotte. That's he was, true. He was the only one on that Charlotte team that looked like they had a pulse. That is very true. Uh, he's, you know, again, pro's pro, so he'll he'll fit in to heat life for sure. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. Brian in Chesapeake says that you think Terry Rozier's old because Terry is an old-sounding name. <laughs> <laughs> that's good i like wow. that that's a good call oh man james the 252 says that was a good pickup for the heat was good in charlotte that was really good in charlotte i mean again rarely do we say oh boy the heat are morons right what a dumb move by pat riley when was the last time you said that i don't think it's ever happened yeah i don't know they did have the fax machine issue way back in the day with Jawan Howard trying to steal him from the bullets, right? Remember that? that? Is, yeah, that is true. But that's about the only thing you could ever ding Pat Riley for. I blame the fax machine. I think the fax machine was probably in the wrong as well. I mean, it couldn't have been. Couldn't have been. There's Pat no Riley. way it's Pat Riley. No question. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four text line and the Ballyhoo's phone line seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. All right, we'll get to the Cowboys story. Uh, this is a good old family feud situation going on there. It's never good when family members start slinging arrows about their favorite players. Uh, we'll get to that coming up next. Scott Jackson Show, Prior to Auto Sports Radio. 94.1, we are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. James Witham has your sports center.